ministry. Uh, I enjoy his spirit that's on him and uh, very consistent over all these years. And uh, God has blessed him and taken good care of him. And uh, I remember meeting uh, Pastor Don. At that time, he wasn't Pastor Don, Minister Don Middleton, uh, many, many years ago through uh, Word of Life. And I always knew there was something uh, special about him. I just kind of gravitated to him right away. And uh, I recognized back then a hunger for the Word, a hunger for God, a hunger for the Spirit of God, a hunger for the kingdom. And that's not common. A lot of people who preach uh, out of uh, their souls, not out of their spirits, and don't have a hunger for the things of God. But I recognize in him from an early, uh, the early onset of our fellowship together that he loved the word and loved the things of God. And so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to receive a word from the Lord today. Amen. A message from heaven. Amen. And I'm going to tell you ahead of time, and when the Lord's done working with him, we're going to bless him. Amen. We're going to bless him. We're going to bless him real good. Amen? Amen? So if you're ready, then I want you to one more time stand to your feet. And welcome to this platform with a big exceeding Grace Christian Center welcome, Pastor L. Don Middleton. of the Lord. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Can't say enough about this opportunity. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Can't say enough about this opportunity to have today to be in this house. There's many here from New Pleasant Grove. I invited out intentionally I wanted you to experience what the free house looks like. A house that's not hindered by anything of man. A house that's not led by flesh. Limited by time. A house that's trying to rush to make you feel a particular type of way in your flesh but you leave with no substance. And exceeding grace, you are blessed to be a part of a free house. There's a famine in the land of the truth of God's word. And you're in a house where the word of God comes forth. Amen with power yes, and its intended authority. Yes, Amen. Amen. I got to take this moment. We give God glory. We give God the honor. Yes. We give him praise yes. for all things. It is because of him we are here. Yes. But I got to bless God for these great pastors. Yes. Pastor John, yes. Pastor Kim. Yes. Amen. Now give it up, give it up, give it up. Yeah. 
Amen. 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 Bible says give honor where honor is due. Amen. And we're doing just that. We're blessed. Um, I believe we're in the time now. I know that the day is Pentecost Sunday. And it's a blessing when I came in to see these brothers. Yes. Amen. It was perfect timing because Pentecost, a feast of weeks, was a requirement for men to come before the Lord. It was mandated. Then he said, don't come before the Lord empty-handed. You had to bring a gift. But I can't think of a greater gift to give God than yourself. That he can use you for the intent that he made you for. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let me get all these little formalities out of the way. Amen. Amen. Because y'all ready to work? Ready to work? Ready to pull up your sleeves? Amen. I have to. My wife wasn't feeling the best today. She had a rough night. And so she's not with us today. She's online. Now, exceeding grace, I need you all to do me a favor. Y'all need to hook your boy up. <laughs> On the count of three, I want y'all to say, hey, Sister Middleton. <laughs> Can y'all help me out? Yes. We have not because we asked not, right? Yes. All right, y'all ready? Yes. One, two, three. Watch out, That's my boo. <laughs> Amen. Thank God. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 22, that he who finds. Wife is a gift. He didn't say go look any kind of way, any particular place. He said a wife is a gift, and I have my gift. And, and then, check it out what God says. He says, when you find the gift of the wife, he says, I'm going to hook you up with favor. Right. Oh, to all of our husbands, amen, you better know the gift of favor that God has attached to your mate, your wife. There are things that we can't always see because we're out front providing, protecting, making provisions. They see the peripheral. God has given unto them some insight too. Now, I know you're the man. After a while, you get tired of being on that sofa. You'll catch that one on the way home. Amen. Join me in prayer. Our Father and our God, on this day, as we celebrate the day that you moved into the earth realm to dwell within your people, It was not a coincidence, Lord God, it was a promise. 
God, we're grateful that we have received this promise. And we pray today, God, on this day of Pentecost that you would move in such a unique way that lives will literally never be the same. Thank you for the God deposit today that will manifest in the lives of these, your children. God, you have assigned to this house the year of miracles. God, we come in agreement with you today that miracles shall manifest in this house through this word today. We're grateful what signs and wonders will follow. God, we thank you for the great increase and for the manifestation of the promises of your word. We're grateful and we are thankful, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As a landing spot, if you will, as a home base, I want us to turn the Bible to the book of Acts, chapter number two. Uh, we will take verses one through four and read in your hearing. Then we're just going to allow the Lord to minister this morning. Amen. Amen. Just like on the day of Pentecost, something great happened. You should expect something great to happen today. How many are here with expectation today? You're expecting God to manifest in this time that we've had together in his presence. In the book of Acts chapter number 2, verses 1 through 4 reads, it says, And when, somebody say when. When, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly. suddenly. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. We're going to come back to that in a moment. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say all. All. All filled with the Holy Ghost. There was no discrimination. Right. Wasn't no background check. The only qualification had to be all together on one accord. And when they were all together on one accord, the power came. And so when we're unified, power has to manifest. You don't have to hope when unity is in the house. You want your household to change? Get unified. You want your financial situation? Pastor Anderson just gave us some principles from Papa Hagen. That wasn't no fairy tale, hocus pocus, ghost dust. That's for us. But you got to come in alignment and agreement with him. And his covenant promises. When they were all together on one accord, verse 3 says, And they appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to I bring my title, amen, from verse number 1 and 2 which says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly 
and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind and it filled all that were in the house sitting. I want to speak, if I would, tag this text today in our time together with this subject thought, Inauguration Day. Inauguration Day. I know you know this day well. Inauguration Day is a day we only hear maybe every four years when there's a new president that is elected. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. You catch that one on the way home, too. <laughs> the word inaugurate simply means to make a formal beginning of, to initiate, to commence, to begin. That's an inauguration. So, on inauguration day, there's this big display of the elected president who is beginning his term in office. Okay? And so this day has been chosen because people came together on one accord and cast their votes towards this individual. And if the votes were never cast, there would never be an inauguration day for this individual. And so today I want to I pull back a little bit now. I know I got my home base here in Acts chapter 1, but you're going to have to walk with me today. We got to do some work. I want you to go with me in your Bible to Genesis chapter number one. And in Genesis chapter number one, I want us to look at this. In Genesis chapter number one, the book of beginnings, it says, in the beginning, God. Stop right there. And so, even before there was an Adam, before there was an Eve, even before there was an Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even before there was a God that made covenant with man, there was God at the beginning. So we read this in Genesis, so it gives us insight that God had a plan, and his plan was intentional. And so in the beginning, God says, I want to create a place where I want to have man live in. I don't need his interference, so I'm going to create it first. I'm going to create an environment and an atmosphere that's going to be conducive for man to live in. He doesn't know what he needs to live. So I'm going to make it and create it. And then when he makes it and creates it, go down to verse number 26. So... God says, I'm going to make it and create it. Then he says in verse 26, he says, and he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth question I have for you. If God was going to create man to be over all his creation, when did he change his mind? He never changed his mind, right? So his intent was to create everything and then he said man was to have rulership, dominion over what he created. 
Now, you got to catch what I'm about to say today because if you don't catch this principle, the sermon's not going to make sense. Nothing in your walk with God will begin to make sense and become relevant until you see it from God's perspective. Let me see if I can fix this up. Dr. Darius Daniel says it like this. He says that for an individual, he says that where you sit determines what you see. And what you see determines what you do. I'm going to say that again. Where you sit determines what you see. And what you see determines what you do. So you have to have God's perspective if you're going to have a walk with God that manifests the totality of God's promises. Uh, anybody here who's a member of Exceeding Grace who's never been up here on the pulpit before, raise your hand. You've never been up here before. Amen. You're a member here. Amen. Amen. You, sister, you never, you never been up here before, and you're a member of this church, right? Okay. All right. So from where you're sitting right now, tell me what you can see. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and default to her. Amen. <laughs> what do you see? Okay. What else do you see? Look around you. Okay. Okay. All right. What's your name, ma'am? Ms. Vanessa, can I get you to stand and come up here? Okay. Come on, Ms. Vanessa. Isn't she lovely? Have a seat. Now, did you hear what she just said? I didn't ask her one thing. The fact that she changed her position. Didn't have to say one thing. She came up and sat down and said, So now, Miss Vanessa, what do you see now? Amen. Amen. You see anything else from where you're sitting here? You see anybody out there you know in this room? Amen. You see any strangers you don't see before? Okay. Now tell me what else you see from this perspective when you're sitting up here in the sanctuary. What else do you see? I know you, show, you, you told me all the things spiritually, and that's great. That's, that's the correct answer. If the preacher asks you that, that's what you say. Okay. But from this position that you're sitting up here, what else do you see in this room that you notice that you didn't see there? Okay. Okay. So can I ask you another question? Is it true that you only saw certain things from where you were sitting in the chair down there? 
So you had one perspective when you were sitting there on the floor. However, when you were elevated, and your seating position changed, you had a greater view of what you couldn't see there. Give me Ephesians 2.6. Now the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2.6, it says, give me five first. Give me five first. Amen. Give me five first. Amen. Now Ephesians 2.5 says, even when we were dead and sins. Okay, we were dead spiritually. Um, but our Pentecost came. He quickened or made us alive. That's what quickened means. It means to make you alive. He quickened us together with Christ. So in God's providential plan, everything that we failed at, it was nullified at Calvary. Everybody with me? So your sin that, my sin that, your poverty, my poverty, your sickness, my sickness, it was eliminated at Calvary. So God reckoned us to be dead along with Christ. So he quickens us or he resurrects us to be one with Christ. So he don't look at what you did back in 82. He looks at the cross. He don't see what you did back in 98. He sees the cross. So he quickened you and made you to be alive together with Christ through his grace. Then he says, okay, that was your position. The first part of verse 5 that was Sister Vanessa's position in the earth. Because she was born into a faulty system, a place of depravity in the earth that she didn't ask for, she inherited. She inhabited, and I'm going to get to that in a moment, something she never asked for. So the question I have, not just for Sister Vanessa, but for all of us, if God has provided a way to leave depravity to come into prosperity, I think I would want to know. How many would agree with me? Verse 6 says, and this is what he did, and has raised us up. She went from being here and she was elevated up, but not just on a podium. She was raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places. So when your positions change through the gift of salvation, your perspective has to change. If you don't see life through the eyes of God, you'll keep struggling. Oh, Listen, I asked her, would she come up here? I gave her an invitation. She had to make a decision whether I stay here in the earth realm or do I move my position? and take my seat in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay. 
So what this displays is I have made an intentional choice that I'm moving my position because God has offered me a place that I can rest in Christ. We just read in verse 5, it was by grace. I ain't got to do no more works. I ain't got to hope and guess. I have promises that have been given to me, and it's in Christ Jesus. I don't have to hope I get healed. I don't have to hope I get rich. I don't have to hope that my situation changed. And see, this is where a lot of us struggle. I'm going to help somebody here. Amen. You all right? Can I get you anything? She like right here. See? Did you hear? She says, I'm good in heavenly places. She ain't said, like, Pastor, I don't want to move yet. I like the view from here. I believe this is going to break stronghold. Many of us, including me, all of us in here know someone, or it may have been you, who were born with a birth defect. It's nothing to make fun of. A withered hand, a withered leg, or some, some physical deformity, okay? So that individual, those individuals struggle with trying to do what's normal to us because they have a defect. And so what the Lord showed me in regards to why many people won't leave the position they're in to come to the position that he's offered is because they have spiritual birth defects. Listen, when you, when you come to Christ under the cloak of religion, unsound doctrine, doctrines of devils, traditions and rules of man, okay, that's spiritual birth defects. And so people who have spiritual birth defects, they try to hop their way through in the Lord. They try to hope something happens because they were never born whole. When Jesus meets the man at the pool of Bethesda, he's been in a deformed state for 38 years. Now, now, now listen to me. You got to go a little bit closer. He's in a position that when Christ comes to him, he says, will you be made whole? Christ didn't ask him if you want to be healed. Because what's good, is, what, stay with me today, what good is my healing if I'm still broke? Stay with me. What good is my healing if my marriage is tore up? What's good in being healed and my children are lost in the streets? He says, do you, I'm giving you an invitation to go from being 38 years lame to being elevated to a position where you can have everything that I'm offering you, but you got to receive it. But he had been bound in that situation so long. You know the first thing jumped out of his mouth? I tried to get Pookie in them. And Pookie, Pookie and Nook Nook said they wasn't going to help me. 
He's feeling sorry for himself. Can I help somebody today? I don't care what your past is. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Come on, boo. Bruh, that's your past. Amen. The cross was the nullifier. Amen. When you released your faith in the finished works of Christ, the door was open to receive your invitation to come up higher. So the only way you're going to get rid of those spiritual birth defects, you got to be made whole. And the only way you can be made whole, you've got to see life from God's vantage point. I know we love to lift our hands and worship God. Amen. That is something that we do. But when you leave this place, do I see victory in your life? Mm -mm. No, no. If, if, if we're going to impact the world, they need to see a real church. They need to see a church where people came in sick, but they left out healed. They need to see a church where people came in with a 323 credit score and now they're living in homes that their mama and their grandmama them could never afford together because of the prosperity of the Lord. Listen, let me, let, 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 let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, hey, well, Pastor done told me I ain't got a rush, so. If you got dinner reservations, go ahead and call them right now. So the whole time she's been sitting here, she had to ask for nothing because everything she needs is in Christ. Thank you, sister. Amen. Help out, brother. Amen. No, we're going to leave that there. We're going to leave that there. That's going to be a point of reference. So Paul says, you were dead in your sins and your trespasses. And you keep rehearsing your past because of your spiritual birth defect. The Bible says in Colossians, we are hid in Christ. I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but there's some sisters in here with some spanks on. couple brothers. <laughs> but listen to me. But you can't see it. Because it's hidden. You know why when sickness come looking for you and sickness come looking for me, it can't find it? because I'm hidden in Christ. It's, it's out there looking, trying to find, and it falls on those who have spiritual birth defects. Because if I'm hidden in Christ, 
I know by his stripes I am healed. So if just by chance I slipped up and it slipped in, I have a covenant right to claim my healing in the name of Jesus and expect my healing to manifest. Because I'm hid in Christ Jesus. So you got to catch this. You got to catch this if you're going to walk in this tonight. If you can't see life from God's perspective, you're going to struggle. So, so God says, okay, I have an intent. I've created the earth. Listen what he says. He says, I'm going to take man. We're going to make him in our image. He's going to represent us in the earth. And he's have dominion over everything that we made. Just, just let that settle in for a moment. I'm, I'm being intentional. Five times in verse number 26, God says over and over and over. We know in the Bible, five represents grace. So God says, I'm going to give you grace to have dominion over everything that comes into your life. This is pre-sin. Y'all with me? Again, I ask you a question. When God made man in his image, did he ever change his mind? Did he ever change his mind for man to have dominion and authority over everything he created? God never changed his mind. Man fell. And it gave the birth of a hybrid. A hybrid. A hybrid is, is two different animals. In, in layman's term, a hybrid, y'all remember back in the day, if you grew up in the hood, and there was this, like, this stray dog, and you couldn't figure out what kind of what? What kind of dog? And then, oh, that's a German Shepherd. It's a hybrid. Two different animals, two different species of animals came together and made it and birthed a hybrid. When God made them like that, he never intended for them to be like that. So when God made man, he never meant man to be a hybrid of spirit and flesh. So through Adam's sin, according to Romans 5 and verse 12, through one man's sin, get Romans 5, 12. Trying to help somebody today. I know it's Pentecost, but you got to catch this. Because if you catch this, your life will never be the same. I'm a witness to it because I'm a byproduct of it. In Romans 5, 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin, Adam, Adam sin, he says, sin entered into the world. It didn't discriminate on anyone. And death by sin. So if Jesus came to give me life, obviously he has to have the power over death so I can receive the life that he died for. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Again, something you didn't ask for. And so now God says, okay, he makes man. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 2 and 7, 
it says that God breathed. This word breathed in Genesis 2 and 7. Amen. As you're following along, it says God breathed. And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground, and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The first breath is to blow upon or blow into. And the breath he gave was a spiritual breath. So God resuscitates a corpse. He had no life, no activity until God took his spirit and and he became a living soul thinking like God, moving like God. Dominion like God, authority like God. And God never changed his mind. And so the wind or the breath of God was blown into man and he became a living soul. Intelligent. Smart off the charts. Operating as God has ordained him to be, he was perfect in the sight of God. No flaws, no inconsistencies, no sickness, no disease, no poverty. How can you be in poverty when everything God made was for you? It's right there in the text. And so man fumbles. He fails. But God never changed his mind. And since the fall of man, God has been trying to allow man to see that you're not, if you're not living in the position I created you to be, you're living a low-class life. Now, listen, I know this is hard for some of us because, again, when you're born with spiritual birth defects under the cloak of religion, you will sit there and say, well, you know, God know I'm trying the best I can, and you know how it is sometimes. That's failure language. When God breathed into man, he didn't breathe into man failure. Disappointment. Lack. Drama. God breathed into him his natural life. And he became alive. And so if my life is not in comparison to what God ordained it to be, I got work to do. So we see it here. God breathed. That was the first wind that man experienced. And the wind of God blew into man, and man stood on his feet with authority. He stood on his feet with dominion. He stood on his feet ruling over everything because that's the power that he had. And God never changed his mind. God made man, he said, now that's good right there. Amen. And he says, I'm releasing you to rule over everything that I've created in the earth. So we're not surprised when we see Jesus after his resurrection. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but it'll be all right. We're not surprised when Jesus after his resurrection and Peter and the other guys, they go on fishing. We go on fishing. They've been toiling all night. And they didn't know it was Jesus on the show at first. And Jesus said, hey, what y'all doing? Man, we've been fishing all night. We ain't catching nothing. He said, throw it on the right side. Because when you're on the right side. <laughs> and when they threw it on the right side, the fish were there. Why? 
because Jesus had dominion over. So we're suffering and God has given us sweatless victories because we won't change our position from where we were to where God has offered us. Hosea said, Hosea prophesied this. He said, God's people are being destroyed because they don't know what's been offered to them. Now, years ago, Pastor John would have got up there and was talking all this about claiming your money and declaring the angels will come. I'd look at him like, what, what, what is he talking about? Because I had not been healed and made whole from my spiritual birth defect. When you're under the cloak of spiritual birth defects, you follow the ways of the world. You go to school, you get a job, you go to college, you get a job, you work 75 years, amen, retire, and don't have nothing. And so, like the prodigal son, when I came to myself, I said, hold on. I read too much in this Bible. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and all that's within. He said, Haggai, tell him the silver is mine, the gold is mine. Wait a minute. What? Hold on. But they say we're supposed to get the wildfire. That's how we live off the wildfire. And then you live under the cloak and the bondage of this world. You've got to be made whole. And so God, 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 God in his infinite wisdom, God says, okay, I did not create man to live a low life. I did not create man to become baby daddies and baby mamas. I did not create man to become drug addicts and alcoholics. I didn't create man to be ruled by sin and sickness. I've got to get man back to his original state. Why? Because my Bible tells me in Malachi 3 and 6, God never changed. Okay? And then Hebrews 13 8 tells us he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So God says, I got to get man back to his rightful place. I'm coming to Pentecost, y'all. Just hold on. So God says, I got to get them back in the right place. I'm seeing them struggling. I'm seeing them crying when I've wiped the tears away. I'm seeing them. And, and, and see, let me go ahead and give this, this, this disclaimer. I had this at the end, but I'm being unctioned to share it now because I know many are going to be blessed by what takes place in here today. You've already been blessed, but through this word. Stay with me. Stay with me. Amen. This word is going to find good ground. But here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. Stay with me. You've got to be careful that you don't relapse. Y'all seen the show, Intervention? They say, I go to rehab, and you sitting at the end and say, up, oh, three months later, they relapsed. Why? It was never intentional. 
So with this word that you're receiving today and the word that you get fed in this house by these two and others that God used, amen, you have to be intentional in executing the principles of this word so you don't relapse. The Bible talks about when Jesus gives the parable about the soil. He said there's four different times, four different types rather. He said there's that soil that's on the wayside. Amen. Then there's that stony ground, that thorny ground, and that's good ground. And, and what Satan wants it to be is stony ground so he can just come and take what God has planted. But you got to have some depth. That means you got to do the work. You got to ply your field. The Bible says once a man put his hands to the plow, you can't relapse. I don't care what time she called, two o'clock in the morning. I don't care what time he said. I don't care if he got muscles, he got abs. You better put your hand to that plow. I'm going to get my seat in heavenly places. I want my promises. I want my healing. I want my deliverance. I want my sanctification. I want it all and I want it now. I'm gonna grab the plow. I'm a plow with tears in my eyes. I'm a plow with hurt in my heart, but I'm gonna plow to the glory of God. To the glory of God, I'm gonna plow. I've been through too much. I got to keep plowing. I've gone through hell. I'm gonna keep plowing. Because when that word falls, it's gonna be good ground. I'm expecting increase. I'm expecting a harvest. I'm expecting elevation. I'm expecting prosperity. I'm expecting exceedingly, abundantly, above. Keep plowing. Keep plowing. Keep plowing. Don't you stop. Don't you stop. Don't you stop. I know they're talking about you. Don't you stop. I know they don't want to come see you no more. Don't you stop. I know they don't invite you to family functions no more. Don't you stop. See, right now they're talking about you. What they doing all that church stuff for? Always in the church, out there three or four times a week. But when they see the fruit from the harvest, hey, ooh, this a nice house. Ooh, I like that car. What is that, a Mercedes? Ooh, that's a pretty name. How you get all that? When you talked about me standing in my house, it's because I was plowed. When you betrayed me, when I tried to help you, it was because I was plowing. That's why I was faithful with the little, and now God has given me much.
You better not apologize for where you live. You better apologize for what you drive. You better apologize what's in the bank. You better apologize for nothing. God rewards faithfulness. God rewards faithfulness. See, when they home, looking at BET, and thoughts of Atlanta, I mean housewives of Atlanta. You home rightly dividing your word. You're participating in the year of miracles. You're joining in in the 21 day fast. You're doing what's necessary because God rewards faithfulness. Don't you apologize. Don't you apologize. Let them, listen, listen. Let them ride in it. Let them see what they have access to, too. Tell them to come take a seat. The view is good. Keep plowing. Keep plowing. Keep plowing. Your efforts are not in vain in the Lord. Your efforts are not in vain in the Lord. Make sure it's the Lord's work. Operating these principles that they teach, the principles of God work. God has given you promises. Second Corinthians 1 and 20, it says the promises of God. You know what that means? He said, the promise is here. I just need you to say yes. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. So, 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 so God says, God says, okay, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Isn't God good? <laughs> Listen. He didn't leave man in that state. He said, nah, uh-uh. I got to get them back to Eden. Donald Lawrence made a song, Back to Eden. I got to get them back to the man I made in Eden, that I placed in Eden. And so God, through the corridors of time, he finds this young man. Go with me to Joel chapter 2, verses 28. So, interesting enough, in the book of Joel, Joel's name in Hebrew means Jehovah is God. And it says in verse 1 in Joel, it says that the word of the Lord came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. So Joel's name means Jehovah is God. Pethuel, his father's name, is vision of God. Jehovah is the covenant name of God. So God made an Adamic covenant that man was going to live like I intended him to live. I am Jehovah, I keep covenant. He calls the prophet Joel. I need you to call those things that are not as though they are. I need you to open your mouth and declare 
Judah is in a unique situation because of their rebellion against God, but God gives them hope. He says, Joel, in chapter number two, <laughs> Lord have mercy. In Joel 2, 28, he says, and it shall. Somebody say shall. Y'all remember growing up, your mama say, I'm going to beat your behind. Yeah. Amen. You did something wrong, and it happened. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to get you when you get home. Yeah. It shall happen. Yeah. Amen. How many of y'all were like me? You in the bed, sleeping real good, yeah. dreaming. Yeah. Amen. And all of a sudden, fire! <laughs> I don't know what it is about this area right here. Listen, for y'all don't know me, listen, I'm, I am who I am. <laughs> this way God made me. God has given me a gift to make people laugh through the preaching of his word. Because laughter does a heart like medicine. Do you know that it's scientifically proven that laughter helps heal the body? He has given me a gift of healing that operates a little bit different than yours. Hello. What that simply means is be you. See, coming up in ministry, I used to try to mimic other people. I wasn't anointed to be them. I was anointed to be me. You are anointed to be you. I don't care if you speak Ebonics, that's who you are. If the Holy Ghost on you and it's anointed, that Ebonic that you speak is going to remove burdens and destroy yokes. God could care less if you came out the third grade and you've been your third year in your PhD. He don't care when the anointing, it's the anointing People today scratching their head. How you doing all you doing? You dropped out of school. You just had a mediocre job, but look what all you got. It's the anointing. It's the anointing. Come on, come on, come on. So God says, Joel, listen, I need you through the gift of prophecy. I keep covenant with my people. And I have a vision to restore the covenant with my people. But it's going to take something special to get them back to the position that I put them in from the beginning. So he says in Joel 2 and 28, he says, and it shall come to pass afterward. Lord, have mercy. Afterward. Afterward. Jesus told them to go wait for the promise because afterward. I'm getting ahead of myself. Ahead of myself. He said, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon the apostles only. Only the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. Yours got all two. I got a misprint then. He said, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That's generational. Can I help somebody? I'm a byproduct of a generational curse. Let me, re let me reverse that. I was a byproduct 
of a generational curse. I come from a lineage of men who were whores. And I was living under that same spirit. Just like the woman in, in Luke 12, uh, 13, she was bent over for 18 years with an infirmity. And Jesus said it was the spirit of Satan that was controlling her. It's in the Bible. And so I had to make up my mind because God blessed me to have children. Amen. My wife and I have five children together. We have two together naturally. And so I say, if I don't make a decision to break this curse, my son's going to walk in the same curse. So now this, this is where you got to plot extra hard. I made it in my mind. And I came in agreement with what God said. He says, whoever the son sets free is free indeed. You're talking about somebody who dealt with the spirit of lust for over 15 years in church. Because I had a spiritual birth defect. But when I made my decision and I understood that the decisions I make today leaves a legacy from generation to generation to generation. Because God said something in the book of Exodus that I will visit the third and the fourth generations unto them who hate me or do not obey my word. I said, oh, Don, you got to make a decision. And so when I made the decision that I'm going to stay upright, I'm going to be faithful to my wife, I'm not going to go outside of the covenant of marriage. God broke the yoke of bondage and set me free. Our two sons who were trained up in the way they were supposed to go, God brought them their wives early. Saved wives. Because when God makes the declarations in Genesis 2 and 24 that a man should leave his mother and his father and cleave to his wife, the two shall become one. Parents, what that means is that before he leave, you need to train him. The devil has succeeded in taking men outside of the home. God never ordained single parents. God ordained the covenant of marriage. A woman, God bless your mothers. I knew you did the best you can do, but you were never intended to raise those children by yourself. A man leaves his mother and his father because daddy and mama need to deposit into them. That man needs to know before he leaves home what a wife looks like. Before that girl leaves home, before he finds her, she needs to know what her husband looks like. And we got these marriages that are toe up. Do you understand that the divorce rate in the church is equal with that of the world? How are we going to draw the loss? So it broke. Now, our youngest son and his wife had their first child on December the 5th of last year. Yeah, yeah, Eliana. Amen, she's so cute. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, 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 and our, our oldest son together, he and his wife just had their baby on this past Friday. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Little Zara. Amen. Now we have a total of 11 grandchildren. Amen. But I bring this out, and this is not to take anything from my older children. Because I made a decision over my seed, I broke the curse. Listen, my baby boy, amen, he's 22, and he's been married for almost three years now. Just, just uh, was it August on his birthday last year, amen, bought a brand new house, amen, four bedroom, two bathroom, big, beautiful home, amen, 22 years young. Oldest son, him and his wife moved out of state. They were in Nevada, first night in Arizona, started their own business. Started making so much money, he had to leave his job. And I will bless those unto generations, unto generations who obey my word. I'm telling you, listen, I don't have nothing against programs in our city to try to help our kids, but this is the best Do you understand? My God, our God said, heaven and earth is going to dissolve before anything. Do you understand that heaven and earth ain't passed away yet? Neither has his word. God is looking for people to come in agreement with his word, who believe him for what he said in his word. So when God tells Joel, he said, listen, let the people know. I need you to speak it into existence that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams and young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. He says, listen, I don't care of your social ranking. I don't care if you went to the best schools or if you can't spell school. If you in position when I send my spirit and you receive my spirit, I don't care what your background was, you're going to be elevated to the high place and sit in Christ. So God says, I got to do this. And so God says, Joel, that day is coming. You got to hold on. That day is coming. Fast forward. Go with me to Acts chapter 1. Amen. I hope we're getting something out of this today. So, so God, and, and, and I know this is a Bible teaching church. You know the fall of man and the depravity of man and all God trying to do with man. Through the judges and through the prophets and through the kings and through everybody. God was trying to restore man back to the rightful position. But in all of that, God was showing man you cannot do it your way. Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, he said, there's a way that seems right to a man. It don't work. Amen. If you're someone that has vision, you should have a plan. Write the vision, make it plain. But in Proverbs 16 and 9, it says, a man makes his plan, but the Lord orders his steps. Now, why is that important? See, 
God has given you a vision. He's given you a dream. Joel said it was coming. He said, young men going to have vision. Old men's going to have dream. He said it's going to come, but you got to let me run an audible. See, your plan is five years. But if you're sensitive enough to the Holy Ghost, it's going to happen in five months. You know why it can happen in five months? Because when you're unified with God, suddenly happens. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. And so you make the plan. Draw the, put, put up the vision board. Boy, allow God to run an audible. For those of you who don't know what an audible is, if you're not a sports fan in football, the quarterback comes to the huddle. Amen. And hopefully it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm sorry. They're in the huddle. Blue 42, 919, 17-4. Huddle, huddle, break. He go to the line, and the defense changed since they were in the huddle. So from the time they were in the huddle calling the play, the enemy replanned his device and his scheme. So the scheme changed with the defense. So the quarterback say, I got to run an audible. I know what I said here, but I know what I see here. So at the line, he'll say something like, Twinkie, Twinkie, one, one, Twinkie, Twinkie because he saw what the defense was going to do. But as the quarterback goes back, he can smile because no weapon formed against me. So the righteous man, the righteous woman, are ordered of the Lord. We sitting here laboring and toiling when God would do a quick work. Suddenly. Let me, let me, amen. I know I want to honor the house. I know pastor gave me the liberty, but I want to honor the house. Amen. God is telling Joel, listen, I got a vision. I'm going to restore my covenant with man. And he speaks and we come to Acts chapter 1. And listen to this. It says in verse 1, it says, The former treaties, treaties I've made with Theophilus of all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Ghost, had given him commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus had spoke that his kingdom had come. He had spoke that his kingdom will be done according to the Lord. Jesus told him in John 14 and John 16, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to abandon you. 
I'm going to send you a comforter. Amen. Amen. He's not listening. I only have three years to put into this, but when he's coming, amen, he's not going to just teach you some things. He's going to teach you all things. Amen. And the things I taught you, he's going to bring you back to your remembrance. Jesus is letting them know the intellect of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, or entered into the heart of man that which God has in store for them. That's verse 9. Drop down to verse 10. But he said in verse 10, he shall reveal them, amen, by his spirit. Why? Because the spirit of God searches all things, the deep things of God. God is so deep, amen. Uh, the old Baptist folks say God is so deep you can't go underneath him. He's so high you can't go over him. He's so wide you can't go around him, amen. Put Google down and search the word of God. God will show you everything you need is in the book. It's in the book. And so God tells Jesus, I'm sending the Holy Ghost. And they thought they saw something through me. They're going to do greater. Now that messed with some of our minds. I can't see myself doing something greater than Jesus. You're missing it. Jesus is showing you he's not doing it in his own strength. He's doing it by the power of the Holy Ghost. So what he's saying, the way you're going to do greater works, the same way I did the works by the power of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive power to do greater works than these that I did. He says in verse 4, he said it was assembled together as he had commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Here it is, here it is, here it is. But wait for the promise of the Father, which says, you have heard of me. Now, Joel made a promise. He made a declaration. He says, God is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. That was a promise. Anytime God makes a promise, you add faith to it, that promise is going to come to pass. So he's saying the promise is going to come. Now they're sitting here wondering when they're going to restore the kingdom. Jesus is like, listen, man, listen, God got that. You need to focus where you're at. <laughs> Can I help you exceed in grace? Don't worry about what no other church is doing. Don't worry about what no other ministry is doing. God is doing what he needs to do right here. Amen. Amen. God is moving in this house. Amen. You don't need to go nowhere else. You're getting fed in this house. You're getting delivered in this house. You're getting increased in this house. The oil is in this house. You just got to receive. Amen. Sometimes it get a little tough, but you got to receive. That's the chastisement of the Lord. And the God said, if you don't receive chastisement, he said, you're a bastard. So he says, I'm sending you the promise. He says, but wait, that word wait, it means to have expectation. There's some of you in this room waiting. You're believing God for something. Nobody knows what you've been believing God for. But you've got your hand to the plow and you're waiting with expectation. God, I saw your promise in the word. I'm not going to move until it manifests in my life. And so Jesus tells them, 
Y'all got to wait for the promise. Lord have mercy. And on that great day, <laughs> in Acts chapter 2, it says in verse number 1, when the day of Pentecost, ooh-wee, you got to picture this. Here it is. Amen. God had this on his mind since Genesis 3. I got to revive man back. Ooh-wee. Now, it was a custom to the Jews. They understood. Amen. There were major festivals that they were going. We know 50 days ago we celebrated Passover. Or what most call it Easter. Amen. 50 days later comes Pentecost, a feast of weeks. Amen. Seven weeks, 49 days, the 50th day is Pentecost. Stay with me. Stay with me. So there were people, the Bible tells us, y'all know this, amen, there were people from other areas in the country, all around the world. So they had to leave before Pentecost came. So they didn't know when they left what they were going to be met with. Some of you in this house today, you left coming here today not knowing what you was going to be met with. When they left home, they think they're just going to another ceremony. Amen. We're going to celebrate what happened, but they didn't know what suddenly was coming. I speak now in the name of Jesus. I declare suddenly, suddenly in the name of Jesus, I declare in both city. Ericande, Sonami, Sidi Rebosa, Erikitanamosu, Erikitan, Sikinanamo, Sidi Rebosa, Erikitanamosu, Esekena, Horeketanamosu, Esikina, Erikitanamosu, Erikande Rebosu, Etarabosu, Esikinanamo. Hey Rokosuna, hey Sikina, ho Rekesina, hey Rikasanda. I have seen your labor. I have counted your tears. You have waited patiently with expectation. This is your time. Just like I sent the Holy Ghost. You have to be in position to receive. In the name of Jesus, declare that this is your suddenly. In the name of Jesus, declare that this is your day. In the name of Jesus, declare that I am the true and living God. In the name of Jesus, declare that I am no respect of person. Just like they were waiting on Pentecost, you've been waiting at Pentecost, and this is your suddenly. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Ah. Mm. I see numbers. I see numbers in the heavenly. I see six and seven figure numbers in the heavenlies. They're looking for you. You've been praying. You've been fasting. God has given you a vision. And he's getting ready to finance the vision. Amen. The angels of the Lord. There was no coincidence the pastor spoke that earlier. He said, command the angels of the Lord to bring 
what's rightfully yours in the name of Jesus. When that day of Pentecost came, it said it filled everyone that was in the room. Stay with me, family. On the day of Pentecost, their DNA changed. Background was cleared. Because the Bible said it came like fire. My Bible says, the Hebrew writer says, our God is a consuming fire. When the fire of the Holy Ghost came, it purged and burned out everything that showed an evidence of the fall. It said it was a mighty sound of a mighty rushing wind. That word wind means to breathe. Woo! I know y'all, some of y'all R&B fans. Y'all remember back in the day, R&B fans, an artist by the name of Tony Braxton made a song called Breathe Again. Mm-mm. Amen. It almost was prophetic. Because on the day of Pentecost, what happened to man back in Genesis 2 that failed in Genesis 3, on the day of Pentecost, God breathed again. The breath of life came and God inaugurated the most powerful entity in the earth. It wasn't the Republican Party. It wasn't the Democratic Party. It wasn't China. It wasn't Japan. It was called his church. The church of Jesus Christ. He said, I will build my church and my church is devil proof. He said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. If you are born again and filled with God's spirit, amen, there is no failure in God. There is no failure in you. There is no disappointment in God. There should be no disappointment in you. You need to claim your rights. Apostle John just said earlier, just like with an insurance claim, you got it, but you got to submit your claim. It's rightfully yours. Submit your claim. It's yours. It's yours. It's your inauguration day. It's your inauguration day. Again, inauguration, to make a formal beginning. So, so, so on the day of Pentecost, God formally opened you. He didn't open a building. He opened you. That's why Paul says there's treasures in you. There's treasures in these earthen vessels, it's in you. That's why you cast down, you're perplexed, but it can't destroy you because of the treasure that's in you. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. And so you got within you, the tail was bothering you to go bother someone else. I don't know, we don't forget it. I don't know what happened. Back in the day before you got saved, somebody come at you, you going to get back with them. Oh, I wish they would. 
She kind of scared me a little bit. <laughs> Bro, I know you're glad she saved. <laughs> but you didn't let nobody treat you any kind of way. You didn't do that. Y'all saw that? Listen, and back then, she and us was operating in flesh. She took authority over what someone else did against her in the flesh. If she had the authority in the flesh to go address something that's antagonizing her, and my Bible said if you walk in the spirit, you don't have to use the flesh because he said when the Holy Ghost come you shall receive here it is you got to receive it you got to receive it you've got to receive it It's being offered, but you have to receive it. When Peter begins to speak, the Bible says, I love the word of God. Because it says in Acts 2, it says that suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. They were sitting. He said, well, Pastor, why are you pouring that out? Because Jesus had already ascended to heaven. And we read early in Ephesians 2 and 6, we are seated in heavenly places. But Peter's sitting in the folks, folks outside said, what is all that noise? And the Holy Spirit says, okay, you've sat long enough. Stand to your feet. It's right there in verse 14. Y'all see it right there? In verse number two, it says, they were filled the house where they all were sitting. But in verse 14 in Acts 2, it says, but Peter standing up with the 11, he says, now I've empowered you to change the nations. But you've got to stand up and speak what you have received by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you would have the courage today to the things that have been bothering you to take your rightful authority that has been given to you, stop sitting there. You have been empowered. Stand to your feet and speak to those situations according to the authority you have in Jesus' name. It's your inauguration day. It's your inauguration day to those who receive. That's what Peter said. He says in two, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to close, I think. Look at Acts 2.38. It says in verse 37, rather, it says, and now when they heard this, the people, they were pricked in their hearts because Peter started to preach the kingdom of Christ. He said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said unto them, repent, repent, 
Turn away from that which had you bound and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He said, listen, this is not just for Israel. This is not just for the Gentiles. He said, even for those who don't even relate to the Jews or the Gentiles, those who are way off, if they come close and receive, lift your hands. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Don't stand here gazing. Receive. Receive. You've been waiting for a particular thing to happen, but that was your vision. I'm running an audible. Receive. Gee, glory to God. Receive. In the name of Jesus. Receive. Glory to God. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Consume that now. That is not of you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Consume that God that has tormented. Consumed by your fire, fire, God, that which has weakened. And in the name of Jesus, turn away from the things that you had been focusing on and turn your attention to the fire and receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 Every man in this house, Pentecost was a day that God required men to come before his presence. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, mm. she glory. Mm. There are some men in this house. You sincerely love the Lord. But there's a secret that silenced you. I know what secrets are like, brothers. Pornography and all type of lasciviousness hindering you from being the man that God called you to be. Today is your suddenly. Men of God, this is going to be a hard decision. But the anointing to break that yoke is in this house. If that's you, brother, come forward. In the name of Jesus. 
There is no shame. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you're struggling with pornography. You're struggling with alcohol. You're struggling with drugs. You're still smoking weed. And you're trying to live for God. That's a hybrid. That's a hybrid. It's going to take courage to step out today. There is no shame. There is no embarrassment. We're going to come in agreement with you today that it be broken and destroyed. I'm standing here with you. I remember many years ago at a men's conference, and there was a preacher up here preaching just like me. And I had a role in leadership. And I was behind him being a catcher. And the brother came, he said, it's, it's some men here that's struggling in their flesh. And the Lord had them look at me, and I felt the fire, but I didn't move. I suffered 10 more years because my feet wouldn't move, because I was ashamed. So I know what it is. So I come to stand with you, brother. I come to stand in agreement with you. But you've got to take the step today. In the name of Jesus. God, thank you for courage. God, you said that men were supposed to come before you on Pentecost and not come empty-handed. But God, we've had things in our hands were not ordained by you. We've had things in our hands and in our lives that were not ordained by you, Lord. And it's hurting our marriages. It's hurting our children. It's hurting our lineage. It's hurting generations. And God, it's not that we don't love you. We've just been suffering in silence. Now is your day of deliverance. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ah, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The Lord said you ain't got to come up here because we're never all together on one accord. So all those men who are on one accord, receive now in Jesus' name. When they're all together on one accord, that you believe in God to destroy the yoke, that you believe in God to remove the burden, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you now. In the name of Jesus. God, we glorify you now. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. I right now in the name of Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus. Your feet shall walk in the way and the will of the Lord. Your feet shall tread upon scorpions and serpents and nothing by any means of the enemy shall harm you because you have stepped out. You have stepped in because you have stepped out. You have stepped up because you have stepped out. You have stepped on in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the inward man, the outward man perish. 
but the inward man. Fire of the living God. Fire of the living God. In the name of Jesus, every curse, every generational bloodline, in the name of Jesus, right to the root, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the power of the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for the Pentecost fire, the fire of the Holy Ghost. God, I thank you that you're sending the right men to help disciple this man, sending men of accountability who walk in the authority of the Holy Ghost and not in the flesh. We thank you now for the lives that will be changed. We thank you now for the families that will be changed. We thank you now for the children that will be changed. We thank you now for the contribution will be made in the body of Christ, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 It's going to take the men to turn it around. I know what's happening in this house is great, but what's outside the house is not great. And in order to get them in the house, we need to bring them to a clean house. Hear me, hear me. When I say clean house, I'm not talking about the address on the building. I'm talking about this tabernacle, this temple of the Holy Ghost. This house has to be clean. In order for power to flow through, it can't be anything stopping it up. Sin clogs the power. Been there, family. Been there. Been there. Been there no longer. Because who the sun sets free. Listen, it's going to take men. It's going to take men. God called us to head. God called us to cover over our families. God called us to rule and to reign over. Nothing should rule over man but the Holy Ghost. So, Father, we thank you today. We bless you today. God, I thank you for this house. Thank you for your residence in this house. Thank you for the man and woman of this house. Thank you for those who come alongside of them in this house. Mm. Ooh. Ah, God. Hey. Mm. Pastor John, I don't know what the Lord has showed you. And Pastor Kim, a new inauguration day. I don't know what that means. A new inauguration day. Again, inauguration means the beginning of. So there's an ushering in of something new. In the name of Jesus, I don't know if the Lord has been toiling with you all on something specifically, but there is a new that's coming here. There's something this city hasn't seen. Mm. 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 Fret not small beginnings. Mm. 
I had to strengthen the foundation. Mm. It is a sure foundation. Now this foundation can go higher. It can build higher. Because this church has been built on the rock. The solid rock. And the deeper the foundation, the higher the building. Mm. You have remained pure. You have not been contaminated with the poison that pastors have drunk in this city. Your heart is pure. Your hands are pure. And your desire is pure. Mm. Prepare for... Mm. I don't know why I keep hearing airplane. I don't know what that's all about. That's all right. God knows. God, I pray right now for an increase in anointing upon this house that everyone who receives from this house receives the bounty of this house. I thank you that as men and women release their faith and submit to the leaders of this house as unto you, Lord, that God, that the oil, as you declared, that you pronounced the promise, that the oil, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity, for it's there where God released the blessing. He poured the oil upon the priest Aaron and it came down his face and his beard and to his skirt tails. So it covered the body of the priest. So it covers the body of Christ here because the oil is being poured afresh in the name of Jesus. So God, we thank you today. We bless you today. We glorify you today. In Jesus' name. Come on, bless God for your inauguration day. Bless God for your inauguration day. Hallelujah. Take your seats. Hallelujah.